Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Sugar is big business here in America. As you can tell by graphs of BMI or diabetes rates over the past few decades going up faster than young boys slow dancing at a middle school dance. Americans consume, on average, almost 100 pounds of sugar, or sugar-like sweeteners, a year. Looking at you, high fructose corn syrup. Uh, By now, with all of the ads for children to go out and play and the different flavors of coke zero being released you most definitely have heard about how a sweet treat can ruin your waistline and your life expectancy but did you know it also has the power to overthrow sovereign nations on the show today we are going to talk about the white american businessman who threw some shady dealings at the turn of the century went from running sugarcane plantations on the island of hawaii to deposing a monarchy and annexing the land for the united states the fallout of which is felt even in present day as the largest fruit and vegetable distributor in the world dole food inc was born seemingly directly out of the first time the United States annexed a country. I think the last time, too. Uh, learn about Queen Liliokalani, the first and last queen of the kingdom of Hawaii. Damn. Welcome back. It's season 12. That's one, two, 12 of them. We got a, we got a dozen. All right. One... Try not to hit your microphone. Now. Sorry. Right. I know it's been a little bit. I know. It's you're been two of, weeks. I don't know. I'm out of shape. You're out of practice. Hit your mark. Okay. I'm sorry. And, and remember where the mics are. Um, yeah, we're back. We got a whole dozen. We mm-hmm. if, if, I, if we ran a donut shop, but instead of donuts, we sold podcasts, we could fulfill the order of you know, one customer. You know, I hear things are cheaper by the dozen. So. Oh, yeah? Oh. I don't know. We're pretty cheap to begin with. Wow! Speak no. for yourself. What can you say? We're against the we're against the wealthy. Damn, we are against the wealthy. Yeah, I don't know. I just started a new job, but I took off my collar when I got home, so now I don't. He's got white collars. I don't know what my role is anymore. I'm still a blue collar gal. What is my? Oh yeah, you gonna are you gonna lie and say that you're out there in the the mines? I'm a server. I, I, it's somewhere in between. I'm a robin egg collared gal. What? Robin egg. It's like a light blue. That was a weird reference. It's a weird color to pick. I I'll be was trying to think of the latest blue I could think of. You could have said like sky blue. Well, There's so many light blues and you chose a weird one. Deal with it. Periwinkle. You could have said periwinkle. That's, isn't that but, purple? But you didn't. I don't fucking know. You think I look at me. You think I know colors? I know you don't. And you also don't know how to press your shirt. Don't. It was. <laughs> it was in the... It was just in a drawer. This is better than the collar. Anyway, welcome back. Season 12. My name's Kashan. And I'm Nina. And now I'm going to be self-conscious this whole episode because of my wrinkly-ass shirt. So let's get into it. Lucky it's my week, and I have a lot to keep me busy. <laughs> Talking. I, you know what? I'm very worried about this episode because I love pineapple. I mean, it's this is not a demonization of pineapple. This is more a demonization of... um. 
the Dole Fruit Company. Yeah. I mean, not anymore. They've changed hands. They're not owned by a Dole anymore. I'll tell you that much. Hmm. So it's not even focused on them. Like I, I was telling you before the show, but our listeners can know too. I was doing this and it was supposed to be more about the Dole Corporation. But then this story was just so interesting about the, mm. the overthrowing of the Hawaiian monarchy. And I did not know about it. And I was like, well, let's just do this. <laughs> and, Fair. you know, I, so that happens sometimes. Sometimes the episodes kind of change as we research them. Uh, well, you know what? I, and I tie it in in ways to our mission at the end. So stick around for that at the end. But first, we got to get through some other stuff um, to first understand how a monarchy and government can be toppled. We need to first understand how it was built. Originally, there were multiple kingdoms spread throughout the Hawaiian Islands until a future Dragon Ball Z reference, Chief Kamehameha the Great, who was the leader of the largest island in the chain, which is... Um, it's the, the biggest island? island? Yeah, it's the biggest island. Maui? No, no, no. Um, You're going to hate yourself. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not Oahu. It's not a yeah. You're naming a lot of islands, but dude, none none of the right um, ones. Honolulu is the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Hawaii. God damn it! <laughs> I would have never gotten that. Honestly, it's, it's the same name. It's it's like uh, how New York City is New York, New York. It's Hawaii, Hawaii. It's the largest. Really? Well, I had this little good job in there for you if you got a nine of it, but you, you didn't get it. So I didn't get it. You don't get a good job today. Wow, I missed to, the geography question. No gold star. No gold star up on the board for you today. Okay, I should start one of those. Put it up on the wall, and every time you get a question right before I say it, I just put a little gold. Yeah, star and we'll up have one for you. for you for geography questions. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> this exactly. is, I'm making fun of you. Don't make this about me. Uh, little story here. Uh, don't know if uh, this is why, but I watched a YouTube video where a man who lived in Hawaii talked about how uh, they are the the pilot market for Japanese media entering the United States. So they get a lot of animes first to see if it tests well with English speakers in the United States um, because they're the halfway point. So I wonder if... Uh, why Goku says... He says Kamehameha, by the way, if you didn't get that... What, I have never Ball watched Dragon Ball Z. Well, he says Kamehame like Kamehameha when he does like a power, and I I kind of wonder if it's just based off they just took the name of the Hawaiian king because this is where they piloted animes. So maybe um it doesn't surprise me learning that because Japanese people love Hawaii. They very regularly like a lot of Japanese people will go vacation in Hawaii. Who doesn't go vacation in Hawaii? Me. Oh well, yeah, we we don't have money. Yeah. If we did, I would go to Thailand. Ooh, Thailand. Lovely lady boys there. Uh, well, Chief Kamehameha killed a bunch of people uh, to seize two of the islands. And two more, uh, witnessing the bloodshed, decided to peacefully unify. And Chief Kamehameha became the first king of the newly developed Hawaiian kingdom in 1795. And so, like, just under 20 years after the United States I was just thinking that. signed the Constitution. Right? Is the Constitution 1776? Is that what it was? Declaration of Independence. Declaration of Independence, but then... I know some history. But we actually were not... Na- we were not recognized as a country until 1805. Oh, look at because you. of the Treaty of Paris. Look at you. 
Um, eventually, all six islands in the Hawaiian Kingdom were incorporated into one. That was in 1810, uh, when the last two joined of their own volition. They were just like, hey, that looks like fun. We'll just join. Uh, and this was uh, an internationally recognized sovereign nation. I, I have to I have to say that, okay? Uh, I don't know if you do this for fun, Nina, but I watched a video uh, about what makes a country a country previously, and it was very interesting. Um, and it seems that the main thing that makes a country a country and is that other countries just kind of say it's a country and recognize is that its why, leg- legitimacy. Is that why Palestine is not considered a country? Mm-hmm. Because, like... Basically, there are actual rules. I forget them, but it really boils down to, like, most other countries have to recognize that you are a country. So, uh, and when it comes to the Kingdom of Hawaii, recognize they did. From all the big ones, uh, the European powers, such as Britain, Spain, France, etc., as well as Japan and the United States, uh, which makes us, you know, little little country sandwiches around the island. Japan on one side, us on the other side, and just a big, healthy slab of Hawaiian meat in the middle. Am I right? Some spam? Yeah. Some, ooh, mm, right there. What a lovely country sandwich. Uh, so, yeah, everyone recognized Hawaii as a sovereign nation. Sovereign nation. They had their own government, everything. Uh, supposedly, King Kamehameha I uh, was really in love with Britain also. Uh, he wanted to be a British territory. What? Yeah, he would like de- declare that like, oh, well, we want to be a British uh, a British colony. Please, we're thirsting for it. We want it. We want... Why? We want tea time and fucked up teeth and all, everything that comes with being a British colony and all the oppression. Give it to us. I don't know. I, I, it's because he had like toured the world, I think, and he had met the British. And he was like, yeah, I, I fuck with these people. Um, but for the first time ever, the British were like, nah, we good without colonizing. That's crazy. I don't know. Maybe they hate pineapple. That could be it. Who knows? Um, they hate flavor. So Hawaii, because of this, though, did adopt a British style of confusing monarchy that also has a parliament. Uh. So there were also elected leaders that work alongside the king. They were re- they really wanted to be British, but they never got their their they never got their uh, their wish. But Kamehameha's fascination with the British might have stemmed from a recent visit. Uh, the islands were extremely plentiful with food and land that was fertile for farming. Uh, this was first noticed by the West when, in 1778, the first Western explorer, the British. Uh, James Cook visited the island. After this, uh, contact between Hawaii and other nations through trade routes was opened up, which helped the Hawaiian economy prosper. King Kamehameha I lived until 1819, when upon his death, he was succeeded by his son, who became known as Kamehameha II. Wow, innovative. Right? Uh, One of the first things this new king did was abolished the religious rules uh, that previously guided the country, known as kapu. Interesting. Which is like, uh, I think... So I really did delve into Hawaiian history way more than I ever thought I would for this. And there's like there's like the Polynesian Triangle, okay. where everyone from these three locations all kind of share similar backstories and beliefs and um, like ways of living. And one of the other nations, I don't know if it's Polynesia or the or New Zealand, because those are the three. Um, they have something called 
tabu, which is where we get the word taboo from. So kapu is kind of like the same thing. It, it delineated. It was a social like code that they lived by. Okay. Um, there were many gender role, uh, religious, political, and lifestyle rules that this code of conduct governed. Uh, any which, upon being broken, were punishable by death. Ooh. Unless you made it to this holy site, where upon entering, you were immediately forgiven. It's like home base and tag. Interesting. You know, but in this case, if you just like, oops, I accidentally ate a meal with my sister. <laughs> Oops, better get down to free base so they don't kill me. What do you mean eat a meal with their sister? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay. <laughs> uh, weird system, but he abolished it ceremoniously by eating a meal with his mother, something that was forbidden previously. You couldn't eat, gender roles could not eat together. Oh, so like men and women could not eat together? Yeah, it's kind of like the... It's no one went on a date. Not overeating, I guess. That's so weird. Yeah, well, I think it's like the cat, like the caste system in India. In India, if you abide by the caste system, you can't eat with people out uh, lower rank than you. Okay, but you can eat with your mother. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, it's just like interesting. It's just where you where they're drawing the lines, right, or where okay. they put it. But that's that's one of it. I don't know. Maybe they were just like it's too sexy to eat. So you can't, you're going to be tempted. Oh you're gonna my be eating, God. I don't know if bananas grow on the island, but maybe they do. And yeah. Well, they found out they were eating all that pineapple. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. makes your fluids mm-hmm. taste good. Yeah, it's allegedly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't know I'm a virgin. <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um <laughs> Damn. So he shut up. I can't. I can't stop. You're gonna, you're gonna make me laugh. It's just shut up. Uh, so he ate a meal with his mom. He got rid of Kapu. He was like, "Nah, we're done with this." And it's largely believed that this was actually done to weaken any political adversaries uh, because the Kapu system was also used as like a political ladder. Like it this delineated is, all the political um, rules. This kind of reminds me of when. What Kim Jong-un did a little bit when he took over North Korea. He, like, dismantled a lot of different things. Oh, like like giving his people food? Well, they already didn't do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, like, um, some of the old ways of power, like, he ended up executing a lot of people who were in, like, government with his father, which was seen oh, as, like, super unheard of because of the respect that that culture typically has for elders. Mm-hmm. It's just like, nah, kill him. He's like, I'll just kill him. Nah, kill him. Whatever. Bah. A little roly poly of, of a man. If he wasn't such an awful dictator, he'd be so cute. Precious little guy. <laughs> little, little cheeks. Now that he's, guy, you can just tell he's a motherfucker. Oh, but he's got cheeks. You just want to pinch. Oh my God. You I know, feel so bad for his wife. I mean, he, he probably can't get it into her, so that's nice. His I don't know. Big. She's pretty slim. No, but I mean, like his belly's bigger. So then like, his dick? Yeah, so it's like a barrier. Oh, my God. Does he that happen? He can't get in. Oh, my God. I never thought about that. I think you can just lift it up, to be honest. Ah! Oh. Uh, anyway. I'm not fashioning. I'm just... Back to the... T- things back, I never thought about. Back to the task at hand. Uh, without a governing religion, though, Christians from around the world saw some free religious real estate. It's free real estate. And they began flocking to the island to spread the good old word of our Lord and Savior, Jesus H. Christ. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise the Lord. Uh, of- amen and amen. May your word be fruitful and multiply among these nations, Lord Jesus. 
Please stop. May the heavenly father rain down his blessings on Hawaii. I don't want to shoot myself tonight. Please stop. Of course, the trade and all these new missionaries brought not only goods and Sunday services that could bore you to death, they also brought just regular death. Yay. In the form of disease. Was it smallpox? It was all of them. Smallpox, dysentery. Molluscum. uh, Yeah, molluscum. You know what that is, huh? Uh, (laughs) Just kind of like the stock white people diseases that you hear about. Chicken pox. Syphilis. Oh, shit. I'm sure, you know. uh, Gonorrhea. All of them. Uh, The common cold. They might have had that one. I don't know. Depression. They definitely had that one. This is 100 years ago. Everyone had that. All right? Because not everyone was... Snowflakes in my right. <laughs> they did a hard day's work of picking pineapples. Over the next century, the native Hawaiian population would go from an estimated 1 million residents to under 100,000. What? Yeah, because because of all the white people diseases. That is a lot of... That's a huge percentage. Yeah, they got... That's like 90% of your population, right? Yeah, they got bones exactly 90 percent of their population well but it was less than a hundred thousand by the end of, of all this so yeah holy shit yeah the the missionaries also use this to their advantage getting much of hawaii to convert to christianity with the promise of everlasting life after their short but at least real smallpox filled one and they did like like the hawaiians well they had no religion and they were all dying so they were like yeah we'll do we'll do anything so they they mostly became christian that's horrible yeah, uh, the country wasn't just churning through regular people either. They went through monarchs pretty quickly as well because they believed in the same system of cousin and sister marrying that the European monarchies and Alabama usually relied on. So with a family tree that looks like a stump, they had a lot of issues staying healthy already. Uh, Kamehameha Third was the longest-lived Hawaiian monarch, however, serving 30 years between 1824 and 1854, and is most famous for enacting the Mahele Land Revolution. What's that? Thank you for asking, Nina. I knew you were (laughs) wanting me to set you up. (laughs) Well, America and other countries were really interested in gaining land in Hawaii so that they could reap directly the profits of industry that could previously only get through trade. Uh, The Hawaiian people, however, believed that land did not have borders and was something to share within the Hawaiian people. It could not be owned, but was was rather like water, free to be harvested by anyone who had access. However, after a couple of changes, including the first Hawaiian constitution were enacted, Hawaii split its land among the king and the people, ending a feudalist system and paving the way for private land ownership on the island. And that is what the great Mahele land revolution was. Uh, However, once they split up all the land and you could buy little pieces of it, uh, buying land often meant money needing to be spent, uh, as they also made claimants pay for the land to be surveyed before they could buy it. uh, So that the much richer foreigners who lived on the island, either descendants of missionaries or rich businessmen, uh, could better afford to be awarded the land to begin with. Although there was a period actually uh, at the beginning where the land was offered only to Native Hawaiians for like two years. They were like, okay, so only Native Hawaiians can buy land, the land that we set aside for them for two years. Because of this financial burden, though, the Great Mahele Land Commission uh, 
which was aimed at ensuring that the Hawaiian people didn't lose their land, instead made it so that they lost a majority of it. This caused an explosion of foreign-owned plantations to erupt on the islands, uh, largely producing sugarcane, but also some fruits, as we mentioned, such as pineapples, uh, as well as some others. The islands were uh, flooded with workers that were brought to work these plantations from other nations as well, such as Japan. Interesting. Uh, so they often were not staffed by the Hawaiians either. Um the U.S. government also wanted a piece of the action as they saw Hawaii as not only a key player in the resources department, but also a key strategic military base. And they had been thirsting to get a piece of the action. And they began trying to negotiate to buy a port in Hawaii that would later go on to be Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Harbor. Uh, Good movie. Pearl Harbor was first a coaling and repair station. It became such after the Hawaiian kingdoms pronounced uh, a fair trade agreement with the United States that would allow tax-free exports and imports between the nations, but also ceded the land to the U.S. in 1875. Uh, it was part of the deal. Now, who signed this over? Well, it was a few Kamehameha's later, as four, as Kamehameha the fourth and the fifth came and went. The latter not naming an heir, which deferred to the Hawaiian Constitution, which said a new monarch was to be elected. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. An ancestor of Kamehameha I named Lunalilo, was, who surely was of strong, noble blood. What? Oh, wait, no. He died a year later from tuberculosis. Damn. Also without naming an heir. All right, back to the polls. This time, the people elected David Kalakaua, a nobleman, who would, after a tour of America, sign that reciprocity treaty that granted the Hawaiian kingdom seven full years of tax-free trading, all for giving up a very key military ports. What's up? Uh, this really caused sugarcane production to pop off as the amount of acres uh, growing the plant on the island expanded more than tenfold in the next 16 years. It went from something like it was like 12,000 acres to like 125,000 acres wow. of sugarcane fields. 12,000 sounds like a lot, too. Yeah, in 16 years, it, it, it 10 times that. Um, there was more like plants than people. I think that's true. Well, all the time. I think that's true. But Everywhere, it's like, always. But you know what I mean? Because 90% of their population died. Wow. You know what? Too mind. soon, dude. Too soon. No, I'm just, I'm making an observation, <laughs> not a joke. Mm hmm. You said it like a joke. It's because everything I say is funny. Ooh, uh, no comment. Uh, before and during the beginning of King Kalakaua's reign, uh, foreigners began holding even more power, this time politically. Descendants of missionaries formed their own political party called, you guessed it, the Missionary Party. Why do they have their own party? Well, it's because... Uh, why do they have their own party? Well... The Missionary Party was known for their stance on only having sex with a woman on her back for the sole purpose of procreation. This sounds like The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, and also... What? And they, were, they ran on this platform to only do mission... That's why it's called Missionary. Nina, that was a joke. Oh. I thought you were serious. No, I said it deadpan because it was so ludicrous that it's funnier if you say it that way. But you didn't get it. Didn't so now it's it. just awkward. Damn. Anyway, and also pushing Hawaiian locals out of power. That was the other thing they wanted to do. Right. Uh, 
<laughs> they got appointed to governmental positions, uh, partially because people thought that America was really there to help and too good for the Hawaiian people. And now I feel stupid. Mm, they were Christians. They were American. They're here to help. Of course, we'll put we'll put them in positions of power. Mm, they know what they're doing. Ooh, woo. bullshit. Oahu. Hmm. Hmm. Um, the missionary party, however, had other ideas uh, that were less benevolent. They saw a future for the goods they produced on the island to never be taxed by the American government by getting the entire nation annexed by the power and incorporated into the United States. So when the Hawaiians handed this power over, they did, did they not expect this to happen? You mean when they like, like put people from the missionary party and like, yeah, no, okay. they literally were like, Oh, the Americans are here to help us. They're bringing, they're, they're making our economy thrive. And at this point, there's probably more foreigners on the island than there are Hawaiian people. Well, yeah, because they all died. Yeah. Huh. Or okay. descendants of missionaries. Something, I just, you know. um, I don't, okay. Okay. I'm just not seeing how they would think that they would actually help them. That's because there's this thing called hindsight, Nina, where we've just spent 20-something minutes setting up the story saying this isn't going to end well. I guess, but, but. But if you were there at the time and. I just think it's, I don't really trust people, so maybe that's why. All right, well, that's something for your therapist. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Uh, in 1887, a group of foreigners titled the Hawaiian Patriotic League began a revolution in Hawaii and through the Hawaiian Minister of the Interior and all-around shitty guy, Lauren Thurston, they used the threat of assassination against King Kalakaua to forcibly get him to dismiss his cabinet and sign a constitution written by Thurston himself. This new constitution was drafted to shift power away from what little native Hawaiians were left and to rich foreigners as much as possible. It put many restrictions on voting in elections, limiting, limiting it to only men who owned land uh, that was valued of $3,000 or more or to those whose annual salary was over $600 in 1880s money, which was a lot, obviously, back then. Uh, this meant that two-thirds of Native Hawaiians were instantly stripped of the right to vote with this new constitution. It also gave Americans the ability to run for office without revoking their United States citizenship, uh, which was the first and only provision of its kind ever enacted. They didn't have to naturalize into the country to be able to run for office. Interesting. Um, this constitution would later go on to be known as the Bayonet Constitution, because of the intimidating conditions in which it was signed. Uh, obviously, Native Hawaiians weren't thrilled with this new stripping of their rights, 
Uh, so one year later, there was a minor attempt to overthrow the government and establish a new one. Didn't work, though, as the plot was discovered early, and its leader, for which the rebellion is named, Robert William Wilcox, was exiled, uh, although no one was officially charged. He was just kicked out of the country. Uh, it would later be known that the king's sister, Lilio Kalani, was the mastermind because she thought that her brother was unfit to rule after succumbing to the bayonets. Also, I guess he was, like, really corrupt, uh, being the first Hawaiian king that whoever ordered an opulent crown for his coronation. It had, like, it had like 500 diamonds in it. Oh, shit. Yeah, it cost a lot of money. It was made by uh, the same company, I think, that made the uh, British monarch's crowns. Makes sense. So they really... They love choking on British dick. I don't know why. Spotted dick. And they did... Mm? Mm? And and Britain was like, Oi, I'm not into this. I'm not into this, mate. Just give it up, mate. Hey, stop sucking my dick. Hey, get my knob out of your mouth, all right? All right. (laughs) I'm trying to to do things here. It's tea time, right? Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, he was really corrupt. His sister was like, let's get him out of there. The revolution did not work. Uh, Can you hear the people sing? No, you can't. They died of smallpox. Nice. Uh, The year after, in 1889, Kalakawa traveled to the United States, where he became very ill. And in 1891, he succumbed to kidney disease. Uh, unlike his two predecessors, however, he had written out a very detailed line of succession in the event of his death. Uh, really weird that that wasn't like the first thing that they would do. It's like, okay, you're the new king. Write down who becomes king next. Like right now. Yeah, it like feels like that you, would be uh, pretty important. Before you do anything else. Before you, before Write you, it down. Before you eat a leg of mutton. Before you have sex with one of the ladies in waiting, all right? Just like before please, you have any spam, just write down on a piece of paper who is who is the king next, please. Uh, we cannot do another election. Um, the person who would succeed Kalakawa was none other than his sister Lilio Kalani, the one who wanted to kick him out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Making her the first queen of the Hawaiian kingdom ever. Yeah. Wow. They were all kings beforehand. It was the five Kamehamehas. It was uh, the guy who died in a year, and then it was Kalakaua. Interesting. Six monarchs before the first queen. Um, Lilio Kalani did not want to become a powerless figurehead for the missionary party like her brother had been. Uh, They actually offered her the crown multiple times. Like like after they did the Bayonet Constitution, they were like, "Uh, we kind of don't like this guy. What if we just make her the the monarch? And she was like, nah, I'm just going to be a... I'm going to be a puppet. No, mm-hmm. thanks. Um, much to the uh, protestations of her cabinet, because they actually feared that taking action against the party would unleash the ire of the United States upon the islands. And uh, with the numbers of natural Hawaiians dwindling close to 40,000, there wasn't much they could hope for if they were to battle with the United States. Um, that is such a small amount of people. It really is. Uh, At the same time, the missionary party was growing stronger and stronger as they put themselves on the ballots in 1887 with a total of nine men that was originally known as the Committee of Nine. During the election, however, 13 uh, people associated with the missionary party were elected, like 13 foreigners were elected for the first time. Um, So they had to change their name. To the much scarier Committee of 13. Ah! Because 13 is a scary number. Um, 
and they would continue to meet in secret to plot how best to overthrow the Hawaiian kingdom. I don't know. It sounds like they're doing a pretty good job. Of overthrowing it? Yeah. Yeah, well, you'll find out they were pretty fucking successful, too. I, I, yeah. Hawaii is a state. So, yeah. uh, Back to 1891. The Sugar Reciprocity Treaty was coming up on the seventh year when Hawaii would no longer be receiving a financial benefit from their trade to the United States unless the U.S. decided they wanted to renew the contract. And when they decided not to... It sent the islands into a bit of economic turmoil that hastened the behavior of the Committee of 13. The committee had control of 200 armed local foreigners named the Honolulu Rifles, which were the same rifles that held the bayonets to King Kalakaua's throat a few years earlier. And now they thought them strong enough to take on the Queen. Additionally, Queen Liliokalani not wanting to give in to these foreigners, announced to her people who had petitioned her heavily about the new constitution that she had been planning on drafting another one to shift the power back to native Hawaiians, basically reversing the bayonet constitution. After meeting with her cabinet, however, they once again advised her against it uh, to try and keep the peace. But the threat had already been made to the missionary party. This really kicked the overthrow into action, and the Marshal of the Hawaiian Kingdom, uh, Charles B. Wilson, received a tip about the overthrow before it had happened. He approached Leo Kalani and the cabinet to immediately produce warrants for the arrests of the 13 members who were planning the coup, uh, the 13 members of the committee, and placed the nation under martial law to avoid the plot from happening. Uh, once again, though, the cabinet absolutely bitched out, fearing that it would escalate into a quarrel with the United States. I mean, they were probably right. Yeah, but, I mean, either way, it was like, what, they, they just roll over? I guess. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to yawn. Okay. Either way, the coup began on January 17th, 1893, after a Hawaiian police officer was shot, although not fatally, after attempting to stop a wagon carrying rifles to an arsenal held by the committee. And fearing retaliation from the government over the shooting, the conspirators, the conspirators proactively summoned the Honolulu rifles and garrisoned across from the palace and awaited the queen's response. While this happened, the committee also appealed to the local U.S. minister, John L. Stevens, that there might be imminent threats to U.S. lives and property upon the islands and requested backup from the United States Armed Forces. President Grover Cleveland had given such a permission after the Bayonet Constitution, fearing political uprising in the kingdom, but I don't believe he thought that the uprising would be caused by citizens of the United States. He thought that the Hawaiians were going to revolt and, like, kill people from the U.S., but that's not really what happened. Either way, John Stevens approved for the U.S. military personnel to land upon the islands to protect American life and property. 162 Navy men and Marines landed ashore under orders of neutrality. It is noted many times, might I add, that they never attempted to breach any buildings, especially the palace, but the message was clear. They were there. And the Hawaiian people knew which side America was on. Still, that same day, now wanting to avoid any armed combat, Queen Liliokalani declared her troops to stand down the Honolulu Rifles entered the palace, disarmed the guard present, and a provisional government was declared 
led by the committee. The provisional government adopted the American flag as the flag of the nation, really simping for America still, uh, still hoping to appeal for annexation. Within 48 hours of the establishment of the provisional government, every major superpower in the world acknowledged it as the official government of Hawaii. And just like that, the Hawaiian kingdom was no more. Wow. It's often seen as a, or talked about as a bloodless coup because technically no one died. Mm -hmm. One guy got shot. But I think some people did die of like mistreatment while it was happening. But like no one was like shot Mm. or killed. There was no combat. Interesting. But they took over the government. Um, Queen Liliokalani was pressured to abdicate the throne and uh, the Republic of Hawaii was set up soon afterwards, which is like the official government. They set up the provisional government. The Republic of Hawaii was the official government. Um, the new president appointed was none other than Sanford B. Dole, a member of the Committee of 13, uh, an American lawyer and notary whose family would go on to found the Dole Food Company, famous for developing one of the first methods to peel and core a pineapple automatically and one of the first to can it for shelf-stable imports to other countries. But he was kind of an asshole. Shocking! So, uh, immediate annexation of Hawaii was actually not so quick, however, as President Grover Cleveland was sympathetic to the nation and kind of pissed and publicly labeled the overthrow as an act of war perpetrated by U.S. citizens and launched a governmental investigation into the involvement of U.S. troops. That's really interesting. Yeah, he was like, what the fuck? Why'd you do this? And he was, yeah, he was publicly pissed off about it. He was like, I don't like this. Um, wow, that's really very shocking, actually. Well, there you go. Interesting. And it's also interesting that he didn't know that it was going on until after it happened. Well, it happened really quick. Mm -hmm. This was a day. Oh, shit. This all happened in a day. Okay, okay. And this was like, like, they definitely didn't, weren't going to get like a telegraph. Right. I think telegraphs were around, but like not across the, the ocean. Right, right, right. So yeah, he didn't know until after it all happened. Um, the investigation into the actions was held by James Blount or James Blunt. I don't know. Isn't James Blunt the name of the singer, though? Y'all beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. Thanks, Kishan. Whatever. Let me know in the comments uh, if, if I'm thinking about the right guy. Uh, in Blount's or Blunt's investigation report, he did conclude that John Stevens abused his authority uh, because John Stevens, by the way, was like vocal about like wanting annexation of Hawaii. So he kind of he had a dog in the race. Um, he said that John Stevens abused his authority and that the U.S. troops were responsible for the change in government of the Hawaiian kingdom, to which President Cleveland derided the actions that had happened and sent Blount to remove the American flag from above the palace and immediately demanded that the monarchy be restored, uh, a demand that Sanford B. Dole did not heed. He was just like, nah, fam, I ain't doing that. Wow. Because he was the new president of the of the Republic. He's like, I'm not, I'm a president, bro. I'm gonna stay there. Yeah, he way. doesn't have to listen to them. Yeah. Um additionally, supposedly part of the deal uh was for the monarchy to be fully restored, but that all of the conspirators who enacted the coup would get to walk away without charges, without uh repercussions at all. So Lilio Kalani was also not super into the deal. Mm. She's like, no, I'm no, you can't just give it back to me and then I just let these people walk free. They yeah. literally stole our nation. Yeah. Um, a few years later, in 1897, a new president was elected 
famous stick in the mud, William McKinley, who urged on by the start of the Spanish-American War, made him declare for the annexation of the island in his first year of presidency so that it could be used as a strategic military position post as Pearl Harbor. And Sanford fucking bitch Dole was appointed the new territory's first governor. Queen Liliokalani lived on as an advocate for Native Hawaiians for the rest of her life. She was also a gifted composer who had written one of the most covered and well-known Hawaiian songs, Aloha Oi. Which, by the way, covered by Elvis and a few others too. So, mm. it's, you know, it's out there. She was a composer. She said that like music came to her like like breath did. She was a composer before she was a queen. Interesting. Um, and she continued to write music for the rest of her days uh, until her death in 1917. She's seen as like a big symbol of like freedom. Now, I thought that Hawaii didn't become a state until 57. Yeah, it didn't. It's the, it's the last state to enter the Union, but it was a territory. Oh, heard. Yeah, it didn't gain statehood at this time. Uh, but, it just entered. But, but it became. It's a, like Puerto Rico or Guam. Exactly. It became a U.S. territory. Got then. you. So um, in 1993, on the century anniversary of the overthrowing of the Hawaiian Kingdom, President Clinton signed into law the Apology Resolution. One of the only of its kind where the United States acknowledged that they were complicit in the overthrow of the Hawaiian government and that the native Hawaiians never relinquished their claims to sovereignty. And they put that in the law. But Hawaii is still a state. So, Yeah, a lot that it did. Yeah, they're not getting it back, but, you know. Sorry. sorry. They, yeah, they said sorry. It's like that South Park episode with BP. We're sorry. We're so sorry after they... Dumped all that oil into the ocean. We're so sorry. Sometimes it seems as if the wealthy can have everything they want. They're free to pay for the best medical care when they're sick. They pay for a vacation home in the Florida Keys so that they are not cold in the winter. And they are even indirect ways in which they can purchase a government through lobbying, which we've talked about. This story was about how through scheming and clever legislation uh, that was paid for with money and influence, the wealthy can literally seize an entire nation from those they have been actively oppressing for quite some time. At every turn, the Hawaiians thought that the United States and Europe were there to help them and grow their economy, to be an even partner in their relationship. All they got, however, was stabbed in the back. Those with power are almost always doomed to seek more. No one is ever happy with what they have. And always remember that if you take a vacation to Hawaii, that the beaches which you are walking on and all of that commerce that is created by that island was taken against the will of the people who owned it and ran a united sovereign nation upon it just over a century ago. Damn, that makes me not want to go to Hawaii now. Well, all the natives really talk about, like, they took it from us, and now we're, like, we're, like, the fucking, we're the world's um, resort, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what we are. But, like, we had this history, and this was, like, our fucking nation, and it was literally stolen from us. Yeah. Because here's the thing. This this is... But that's what we did for our entire country, though. Not saying that it's okay. I'm just saying. Well, this is what I was going to say, is that, for me, there's almost a difference between 
you know, like the Native Americans, they had their their places, but they didn't have like defined borders or, right, or, or, right. Like, or like a uniformed, like nationally recognized government. Right. Which, you know, was a product of the times and it's also still not good. But this literally was like people were like, yeah, that's a government. It's literally like Russia trying to take Ukraine right now. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. But we did it then. So now it's, you know. It's not okay it's, anymore. We're not that kind, we're not that person anymore. We've changed. We now we pay for puppet wars in the Middle East. We don't we don't steal land anymore. That's Just old oil. us. That's old us. I'm not like that anymore. I've gone through a regrowth. All right. We've been to therapy. I've grown. Anyway, you got oil because I'd really like some oil. <laughs> Oh, America's toxic. Everyone's toxic, but you know, whatever. So yeah, there you go. That's uh that's the story of the overthrowing of the uh Hawaiian monarchy by rich white mostly US citizens that uh lived on the island and ex- and killed a bunch of people indirectly. It wasn't like in America where they gave them the smallpox the smallpox blankets, but indirectly killed a bunch of their people and then stole their land from them. And we're like this is ours now. So you ever wonder why we do this? Why we, why we just talk about sad story after sad story every week? I guess not always. Sometimes geese go through windshields. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's funny shit. Marcus Schranker, if you don't, if you don't. Marcus Schranker, my favorite episode. No one got hurt in that. He was just fucking stupid. Those are. Funny. I mean, his kids had a lot of trauma, but it was still a funny story. Who? What kids don't have trauma? All right, Kashan, you got right. me there. Uh, you trauma, you trauma free from your childhood. Exactly. All right. I think no you already knew that answer. Yeah, I know that answer for almost everybody. Yeah, true. You ask anyone, you have a perfect childhood? How many people say yes to that? Very, oh, I, very few. Oh, I fucking loved my childhood. My mommy and daddy were there and they loved me so much. And I'm like, you're into some weird shit. You, that's the kind of person that puts on a diaper. Ah! That's the kind of person who likes putting on a diaper. I'm saying. You can be you're you're you can have too good of a childhood where now you're now you're fucked up because you didn't have any trauma. Yeah. And now you don't know now you don't know how to deal. So you gotta put on diapers to make yourself make yourself feel something. I really you know, you know there should be kink shaming. You've said it before. I'll say it again. All right. Every season I'll say it. All right. That's our new motto. Put that on a bumper sticker. There should be kink shaming. We should kink shame. Bruh. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Coming to, coming back for another season. Season Fuck yeah. Season twelve. We're back. Um I'm not doing graduate school classes anymore, so hopefully that means we get to uh throw some extra time and effort into the podcast. Maybe we'll see. I don't know how this is gonna go. Um so if you have a suggestion for improvement, something you'd like to see us do, uh you can get a hold of us on our socials, uh Facebook.com slash white collars red hands, uh Twitter at white collars pod. Instagram at white collars underscore red hands. TikTok, white collars red hands. Is there another one? Check us out on LinkedIn. No, I'm joking. YouTube. YouTube, yeah. You can't message us on YouTube, but you can view our stuff on YouTube. We we, we put all our videos up there now. Uh, That's uh, white collars red hands. That's the channel name on YouTube. Go check it out. Seems fun. Um, You can also support us for free by leaving us a review, Uh, writing a review on Apple Podcasts or leaving us... in amounts out of five stars on both Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We'd love five. Leave five. 
Come on. What are you doing? It's not going to it's not, it's not hurt you. It's not going to hurt you to just click five fucking stars. All right. What you think your life's going to fall apart if, if, if you lie a little bit and you think we're a four star podcast, but you actually give us five. No, no one's going to give a fuck. But you help me out. Okay. You help. And I need a little out. I need a little help. I need a couple extra stars. Please, just like nine is going to get up on her little gold star board. You are we a need star gold stars. Them. Yeah, but I know, but I need validation to, okay. to make me feel it. Okay. That one's going to be in there because I don't even edit. I don't even edit the outro. I hope All right. So now you guys know how many fucking, uh, how many there are a lot sirens. Of, well, you live, don't you live near the fire station? Oh, by a hospital. Oh, and a fire station. Yeah, that's, uh, yes. yeah, the fire station is on the street. I'm just fucked for podcasting. Yeah. But here we are. So, uh, and here you are. So thank you uh, guys for coming back. You can also reach out to us at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com if you want to suggest uh, an episode. We do have a fan submitted episode. Uh, this season, which if you're listening, I didn't ask you if I could say your name, so I'm not going to say your name, but we took your suggestion for our finale. So if you're listening to this, your finale, the murder? It's uh, on here. It's all you, well, it's buddy. it's going to be on here. It's all you. In if nine you, weeks. If you, if you still listen to the outros, it's all you. Hope you love this incessant rambling for eight minutes at the end of every episode that I do not edit because... Fuck it. Yeah, you guys need to hear what we're like. All the other times, too. Um, what else? Oh, tell a friend. Oh, my God. Uh, you're not done? Tell a friend. Huh? Tell, you know, uh, g- tell everyone on Hinge. <laughs> go out on your Hinge dates and tell them to listen to White Collars, Red Hands. Uh, and then let them get to second base so they're more likely to go check out our podcast consensually uh, to all of them, of course. Um, that, I think, is it. So we'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars. Red Red hands. hands.